Eagle Nation. You're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. Well, Cody, only in 2020 could you, I think, ever expect there to be a college football game both scheduled and finalized on less than 10 days notice. And that's exactly what happened with Georgia Southern. Um, Obviously, after uh, publishing our last episode, we pretty much knew it was going to happen. But the App State game did, in fact, get postponed uh, to December And Georgia Southern was staring down what would have been a three-week bye, which, again, uh, is unheard of outside of 2020 college football. But AD Jared Benko comes through, picks up the phone, goes to work, and, and finds an opponent. Um, to 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 help kind of buffer that time and and bridge that gap um, in between our next game against uh, Coastal Carolina, and he books UMass, um, which is a team that's an independent FBS member, and they previously canceled the season as well as you know along with uh, half of the country, <laughs> and then yeah, and then yeah. like that that half of the country uh, when everyone else decided hey let's play football, um, they decided to to try to, to play renew football um, and. And, and they're looking at maybe like four games, um, you know, that, that they'll get scheduled. They apparently were talking with another school uh, for this Saturday, and it ended up, um, we believe that's FAU. That's the rumors I've heard. I don't know. Yeah, um, that's, that's, a the, whole, that's, that's a whole the mess Twitter in rumors. That's the Twitter rumors. That's a whole mess in itself, what's going on at FAU. But uh, apparently they were able to back whatever that game is out to December and uh, establish this. I guess Binko has a relationship with AD at UMass. They obviously are kind of open to play anyone, it seems like. And here we go. So we get a we're back to 12 games, you know, if, if everything obviously goes goes through with it. And we're uh, seven home games, which is unheard of. Again, you know, something that we haven't seen. And I, I don't know when. <laughs> cer- certainly not in game. FBS. Yeah, certainly not in FBS era. So yeah, yeah. so that's that's in- incredible. So let's just start there. We'll obviously break down the opponent. We'll get into some other things. But just the fact that we were able to schedule this game on, on nine days, nine and a half days notice and it's it's incredible. It's a testament to uh, this administration under Jared Benko and just what he's kind of brought to this program because I think it's safe to say that this would not be the case. We would be looking at that three-week buy if we were under the previous administration. Yeah, I for sure, for sure. Um, so just a shout-out to, to the AD. Again, he came in under some extreme circumstances. Still, We're all still dealing, having to deal with those circumstances with COVID and everything else. Um has mastered it as best as you possibly can imagine. And, I mean, has not taken this seat lightly, has has looked at, you know, the, the situation, good or bad, and then acted upon it and said, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm not going to sit here and be a, a, a victim to circumstance and said, okay, uh, app is canceled. We got three weeks to go. You know, I you know, he obviously reached out to UMass. They, they reached out to us one way or the other. He then reached out, talked to Lunsford. Like Lunsford gave his blessing. Here we go. Game on. Um, fantastic. Obviously, when you're in the middle of football season, for a lot of reasons, you don't want to go three weeks without playing a football game. Obviously, you want to keep in football shape in regards to game shape, timing. You know, depending on your opponents, you don't want to go that long, especially if your opponent's good. A la Coastal, they are good. We need to yep. be ready for them. 
we need a, a, at least a, a prep game just to get our own team ready for that game because, trust me, if we're not ready, they're going to blow us out by 50 points before we even know what happened. So good on, on Jared Benko. Fantastic job. Um, we'll see how the football team responds to it, see how the coaching staff responds to it. But overall, I mean, this hire for AD has just been a home run every step of the way. I mean, from the the sudden COVID situation when he got hired on to all of a sudden the basketball coach having to, to quit to go to James Madison to then finding what you and I think is an even better head basketball coach to yep. lead our program. Really excited about the season. Yeah, yeah, real I mean, we're about two games away from being a basketball co- podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're not wrong. Yeah. We, no, we're, we're not. Um so I mean, I just everything with Jared Benko so far. I mean, even the the ideas of changing to the Eric Russell fund to now you have the Brick program that has just came out to help raise money. I mean, this guy has taken every idea and he's like, "All right, let's let's do the the best possible way to make this as most successful as we can." And he's doing a fantastic job. Like I said, I think our president needs to go ahead and draw up that lifetime contract and yeah, lock him he, in and, long, and lock yeah, him in with a huge, huge payout because we know probably P five schools will be coming in the next five to 10 years about him and, you know, do whatever we can to keep him here. Cause so far in these, I mean, he hasn't even been on the job for 10 months. I don't think he's yeah. been fantastic. Fantastic. Well, just, just the energy that he's brought, you know, to the program kind of uh, uh, revitalized things. And, you know, it, it, it wasn't a great situation under TK. We all know that, you know, he wasn't the most well-liked guy immediately no. from day one. Binko and was. Isolated I mean, he, a lot he, of key people to the university in regards to athletics. I mean, that's, yep. that's no big secret. I mean, we're not going to name names or anything, but those who listen to the podcast know. I mean, there's a lot of people that have been involved with Georgia Southern Athletics in the past that – did not want to have anything to do because of TK and right. TK alone. Just that kind of brash personality and stuff. And it, it seems like Benko, I mean, of course, you know, you can, you know, change over time. And we've seen that with other ADs in the past, but I, I'm pretty sure this is his true colors. I'm pretty sure this is what he's about. He's kind of a stand-up guy. He's a blue collar guy, which fits right into, you know, everything. He's obviously hungry. He's a young guy. Um, this is his Humble first guy. shot at, at being, at being a, a full AD um, and not a, a, an associate AD. So he, you not know, too many ADs are pulling weeds and spraying correct weed killer correct. out at the but, football. But my my field. point with this is like you know I guess some people and I, I don't think he has really any critics out there. But but let's just say he has one or two. I I think the only thing that maybe those people would say is like, well, is this kind of like all for show? Is he doing this just uh, because he's brand new? And I don't think that's that's the case at for all. For show I, I think, or for not, I love it. Yeah, regardless well, if it's for show, he's still. Doing I don't think it. it's for show. I really don't. No, it's, I, not. I, I, it's not. I think he would be doing the same things ten years from now, and I think he's happy for being there. Yes, money talks. No, he doesn't have any kind of allegiance to the school. Yes, he has ties to UGA. If if someone came along and and tried to scoop him up and offered him a you know an offer he couldn't refuse money wise, just like a head coach of a football team, you you probably take it right. But and we you would know, wish him best success. And we, w- and we pro- wish and we him best. Always yeah. be a fan of his regardless correct correct because of what he's already done just like you said in 10 months bringing a basketball coach obviously we'll see how that pans out but we feel really good about berg you really know you, you 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 do the, Did you see the video fun. that they just had in which he talked oh, about yeah. making free throws yeah it's such a breath of fresh air to have a, a coach yeah, actually, because it's something actually that we, yeah feel like free throws that. are important to a basketball game yeah 
it, it, it makes, it makes such a difference. And we've seen, you know, that that just wasn't the case under the last coaching staff. No. And we saw so many games that were lost at the, uh, the free throw line and, yep. and, you know, just to come in there and reestablish fundamentals. And, and I, I think, you know, all of this just gives me peace of mind of, of all of our programs moving forward, that we can retain great coaches like our air rifle coach, like our golf coach and Collins, right. All, all, all oh, these yeah. things that, that in, not just outside of football, um, that, that Binko has this vision, has this hunger, and he he recognizes this and he's, he's not afraid to work yeah i mean if you're talking about the the two sports that have the best chance of winning national titles in their respective it's sports is men's yeah. golf and air rifle and lock those things down i mean um you even look at women's golf that's coming along pretty well you look at women's basketball i love coach howard and what and what she brings oh, that energy yeah mm-hmm. she's fantastic i mean and i mean it wasn't like i mean think about it we've been we were students, what, is 2005, so we've been a part of this community, this Georgia Southern family, for 15 years now. When have you ever known of any sort of, any kind of energy in regards to women's basketball? Yeah, yeah, none. None. No, I mean, when, 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 I, yeah, when I wrote for the Georgia Ann and, and covered the games, I mean, yeah, no no one went to it. I mean, you might get some some students to spill in, you know, right at the end, right before the men's game or something, you know, in a doubleheader, but... But that was it. There, there was just no energy. I mean, even even under the men's programs, and we had you know Elton Nesbitt and, and some exciting players back then. I think you're going to see you know you have the rise of the Hannah Hooligans again. They're kind yep. of organizing. And he's been more. a part of that too, and he is. To get yeah, that. just right. And 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 same with Binko. You know, he he sat in on a Zoom meeting with the Hannah Hooligans. Uh, he's met with the tailgate groups, right? With with Gattaro yes. and and first home, Nation, first home game and always out there taking pictures in the mass, following every. You know, and and again, is is some of it for short show maybe, but I, I genuinely think I that think he cares. So. I genuinely think he cares and 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 wants to do a good job. And you know, could you get complacent ten years from now or something? Maybe, but I, I still don't think that's the case. I think this is just. I I don't think we could have got a better guy for the job. I'm really excited no. to see where it goes. And again, trial by fire. I mean, to the tenth degree, right? Of 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 everything he's had to deal with. Um, I mean, probably the hardest. Uh, you know, the hardest slate uh, to have to deal with of, of any AD and, you know, in, in, in recent memory, certainly at Georgia Southern, but maybe, you know, across the country, just dealing yeah. with a pandemic, hiring a coach without seeing them, you know, in, in, in person, uh, you know, and then just dealing with all the scheduling things. And again, not backing down. That's the biggest thing that is a testament to his work ethic. And I think this it exemplifies it right it, 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 going yeah. out and scheduling this umass game of he easily could have just sat on his hands and say oh we're gonna have three weeks to prepare for coastal let's just get to work it is what it is college football in 2020 we've seen so many other programs do it no he immediately tweeted out and he got on the phone and he started making calls and he's been doing look at look at army he scheduled army to make sure that we had that game correct and sure that campbell was going to still be able to come play um has done everything to make sure that the FAU game doesn't get canceled and that we make sure that we play that game, whether it's, you know, obviously it didn't happen when it was supposed to, but made sure that it's going to happen in December. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that search committee that, that was able to find and hire him, that needs probably to be the search committee for just about any job in regards to the university, because that was a home run pick. That was a yep. home run hire. And so far has just, he, like I said, I I don't know of anything that you could say that he has done wrong 
or anything that you can say has been a negative in regards to his short tenure um, and this UMass game on such short notice. And again, he's not sitting back. He's very aggressive. All right, we got an opportunity here. Let's take it. What can we do to not only make our football team better, but ensure the best possible scenario for even fans and everybody with the university in regards to even securing this to be a home game and yeah. not making this to be an away game up in UMass, saying, hey, come down to Statesboro. This is this. We have seven home games. Knock on yep. wood. Right. You know, on, on the slate. Yeah. The, on ca- the slate, counting, counting Campbell. Yeah. We have six home games left, which normally we have six or less, right? Of, of six the whole or less. Season. Yeah. So like under, under TK, we had two yeah. seasons where there were only five, five. and then yep. technically four with the hurricane that pushed the one to Birmingham. So, Correct. you know, seven home games, first time, I think since the late nineties, early 2000s, something along that lines. And to maintain you know, a 12 game season yeah, in, the, exactly. in the season of COVID is, is in, incredible. Again, obviously anything can happen. We're uh, not even halfway through. Right. So, but for right now, fourth, we're a fourth of the right. way through. Yeah, we're fourth way through. So, so I mean, but but for right now, basically doing everything in his power to to make sure that we can play as many games as possible, get as many yep. home games as possible, and we don't see any reason why that would change. Should other teams postpone or cancel or or whatever, you know, obviously mostly conference games here on out. We have Army. We have right now we have FAU on December fifth, um, and then followed by that December twelfth match against uh, uh, App State. Yeah. But you know, Which means any, we have any, nine any, anything can happen. Weeks of games. It's yeah, just, I mean, I mean. As great as it is to have the twelve games now, you know we got to grind. We, we got to grind. grind, and and we'll get into that in a second. I will. Wa- I I do want to bring up again the fact that it's a home game because, like I said, it would be three weeks in between games. If this hadn't happened, it would have been a month and a half in between home games. True. I mean, we hosted. We host hosted Campbell away too, right? Coastals away, correct? And then so October 29th. So we would have been. Uh, we would have been, yeah, September 12th to October 29th. Yeah. Almost two months in between games, which is again, unheard of outside of the year of 2020 when nothing is unheard of. Um, but, but you know, he, he did something about it. So, so now, you know, fans obviously were really bummed about that Florida Atlantic game. Um, they were probably equally as bummed about app state. Now we get that game on a Saturday. Finally, it took a global pandemic to make that happen. But, you know, it's so so that's something to look forward to. But that's still, I mean, you know, you, a month, a week, uh, you know, three days in the era of COVID is, is a lifetime. Right. It is. So so it is. so it, 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 it's it, it's hard to wrap our minds around these opponents like FAU and Army. I mean, look at and Houston State. At, yeah. at how hard Houston just had to work just to get their first football game like what last week, mm-hmm. you know. So, yep. I mean, hats off to Jerry Benko hats off to the football team to think that they feel comfortable we've got to be one of the only teams that that has uh 12 games on the schedule probably yeah right now right we're one of one of few i I would think Um, not any sec teams right no no yeah because they're they're all 10 i think yeah no acc teams acc i believe are 10 and 11 yeah so i mean so yeah, and and then yeah, and then you have like Mac and and you know the other group of fives with yeah Mac and uh, Mount West that Mount you know they're West. doing like eight eight game schedule I believe right depending so, on who like Air Force I think has six because they're gonna play Navy and Army right, and then right, you right, have right. I think Boise that has seven because they're gonna play BYU yeah so yeah Ma- I think Mountain West is like eight conference games unless they deem you as a special team and then you know then you get an exemption because you, you get, get to play. Yeah, uh, you know, a certain right. opponent. But 
yeah. I mean, we get yeah, twelve so, games. So let's let's turn. It's fantastic. Yeah, agreed. So let's turn to I guess the opponent now, right? So when when we heard this news break, and it was finalized, obviously it's an opponent that we know pretty well. I mean, you know, obviously oh, some well, history there. Kind of, there's kind of history. Kind of. Let's 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 there's just history. There's there. history. There's history. There is history there. So we so don't 19, know the opponent well. Nineteen ninety eight coach. Correct. Okay. Fine. Fair. Um, but as the the team, we we know the program well enough. It's it's a it's a it's a name that Georgia Southern fans will recognize um, for you know good or bad reasons in in yeah. recent history. Um, obviously, dating back you know to the FCS days when uh, certainly UMass was a much better program um, before moving up to FBS. Uh, they didn't have as, as good of a transition, obviously, as we as we did. But back in 1998, Division One, Double <clears throat> A championship, uh, they beat us 55 to 43 um, to to win uh, their uh, I think first only championship. But yeah, uh, they, they they beat us for the championship. Yeah, so some history there, and obviously that was talked about when we revisited uh, that matchup back in 2017, um, and obviously that is known by most of Eagle Nation as the game that got Tyson Summers fired, right? <laughs> you you yeah. get into that game. Um, we were both two, 0 of the, and 6. two of the worst teams in the nation. We're 0 and 6, correct? Um, we, they came, well, they came in 0 and 6. Um, we came in 0 and 5, and then we lost that game to move to 0 and 6. And, and yeah, they, 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 they beat us, uh, what, 55 um, to 23, I think it was. Um, but, it yeah so so that you know that that was kind of the nail in the coffin if you will for um for Tyson Summers in that tenure and then we returned the favor the next year uh beating them uh in Statesboro uh yep. under under Lunsford's first year so that's what we know. Like you said, they have a new coach. Uh, Walt Bell is their new coach. Um, obviously, uh, no coach at, at, uh, <laughs> uh, since they've been an FBS member has had a lot of success at UMass. They have historically been one of the worst teams in the country um, since they joined in 2012. Uh, they were a member of the MAC for a while. Uh, they've been an independent member since 2016. Ironically, their best year since being an FBS member um, has was the two years they played us, uh, where they won four games both years. And, and again, that 2017 uh, team was 0-6 before they played us, and then they, they won three other games that year. So They beat App that year. They did beat App that year, yeah. So looking at it, let, let's start with this. You know, when, when we hear this name and, you know, again, the fact that we were able to get them to come down for a home game, it's been revealed now. I've heard $60,000, which, you know, again, is, is a number, a, a super low number that you would never hear outside of 2020. But with these kind of last-second games and stuff, you're not seeing the big payouts and paydays. Like travel plus maybe the part of the coaches' It's not salary. even travel. What I, I mean, saw that yeah. that only covers half of their travel expenses. So you're okay. talking 120,000. So we fly them back after we hopefully beat them. <laughs> after we beat them. Essentially, yeah. So but that's interesting in itself. It, it it speaks volumes for their mindset, right? I read an article from I think it was the Boston Globe that said, you know, they uh, this is a public university, right? This isn't a this isn't a Boston college. This isn't uh, this is kind of the public state university of the state of Massachusetts. Um, they don't have a ton of money, you know. Th- this isn't uh, you know an Ivy League school. This isn't a uh, North, MIT, a, a north yeah, a northeastern or a Boston <laughs> college, like I said. So they're they're not just like playing with house money. They, they, they they've got budget to worry about but 
for whatever reason, they're they're plowing plowing ahead, even as a bad football team, and they want to schedule as many opponents as possible and have you know some semblance of a season. Hey, and, I mean, I don't blame them. I mean, if if given the opportunity by your local and state governments to to actually play football games, regardless of however it is that you need to make that happen, hats off to them. Yeah, I agree. It's just, yeah. but you do have to worry about money. Obviously we do. And that goes back to the whole Jared Binko situation and the difference with TK. And, you know, he's a, uh, Binko's a financial guy. And we talked about that when we hired him. Uh, that's what we needed. But we've also seen things like this, right? Where he, he can find that balance and find ways to make money in other areas, you know, uh, rebranding the Irk Russell Fund program, doing some of these other things. There's talks now of doing an indoor practice facility, right? So, so things are in motion and to, improve the program, but also bring in more money, um, where with a TK administration, we constantly just heard, we can't afford that. We can't do it. We can't, we yeah. can't, br- we can't bring this team in. We're never going to get a Wake Forest or, or whoever Syracuse to come down to Statesboro. It's going to cost too much money. Right. Where, where you Binko, think we can get a gotta talk brick, a gotta talk brick at, at, yeah. what, at, at Paulson. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. At Paulson. That's, that's the new program that they just came out like today. Oh, I, I missed that, but yeah, sure. And we're going to gotta talk brick. All right. All right. We'll do that. We'll look into the financial. It'll go with your that. mug. It will go with your mug that you just Yes, got. it will. Yeah. <laughs> Merchandise coming soon. Not really. Maybe. I don't know. If if you're interested, reach out if you want to got a talk mug. <laughs> if you want to buy us a brick, that, that works too. That um, works too. With uh that 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 would be right. That 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 would be like what what we get like this this podcast obviously isn't monetized at this point but like if if we if anything came out of this it's like looking back hey you've been doing this for five years what happened we had we had a listener buy us a brick (laughs) (laughs) we peaked we peaked we peaked that's that's it we reached it that's the pinnacle that's the pinnacle of success we had we had a brick buy. i mean if if anything speaks volume for what this podcast represents it's buying a brick <laughs> right it's just it's just our name on a brick um but anyway so so getting back to UMass it's not a good football team um let's talk about just the scheduling itself i had texted you when we got the news that i feel like you don't make this decision unless you're pretty confident that you can come away with a win obviously yeah. there are no guarantees but you know, with obviously Binko consulted uh, Lunsford, I guess he, you know, I, I missed the coaches show that just happened, but apparently that was addressed on there. Um, you know, that makes sense. You don't, you don't, uh, you wouldn't think that uh, Binko, especially being a newer AD, would go over the head of the head coach and be like, hey, I just booked this game. Hope, hope you can beat him, right? <laughs> you're, you're obviously going to run it by him. Um, so there's obviously buy in and confidence that we can beat this team. Um, I think taking coach speak out of it, obviously most head coaches and most programs, most ADs are going to say to the public and to the media that like, Oh, we'll we'll play anybody anywhere, um, anytime. But that's obviously not the case. I mean, you have, you you know, there's even coaches at the, the highest level in like a Nick Saban that has gone on the record saying, I have no interest in playing Georgia Southern anymore. I have no interest in playing triple option teams anymore. So, you know, there is that mindset that coaches just don't want a part of certain teams. So you'd have to think on nine and a half days notice that if there was any doubts at all that we could possibly lose this game or or serious doubts, I guess, because obviously there's no guarantees, like I said. 
But if there were serious doubts that like, I don't know how I feel about it, the game wouldn't have been scheduled. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause you're not even, even for $60,000, you're not throwing out. I mean, that's not chump change, you know, especially for a program like us. It's, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's pennies compared to what we normally see when we bring in teams, when it's not a part of a home and home, but still, you're not just going to throw $60,000 at the wall for an opponent that you think is going to come down and beat us. Um, So we obviously have confidence there. And, you know, I guess the question is, is should we? Um, because you, I don't. you look you look at the history of UMass, and like I said, they've been a very bad football team. They've most games they won since being FBS member since 2012 was four games and, and 17 18, like I said. And they won one game last year, one and 11. Um, they had the worst defense in the league, total defense, uh, 130th. They had the worst rush defense by a lot um, last year. So they they gave up 50 rushing touchdowns. The, the and, and the next team gave up 37 rushing touchdowns. Uh, you know they what allowed, that means, right? It means the score of the game is going to be like 20 to 17. Yeah, or or like 10 to 7, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we said similar things against ULM. ULM, not a good football program. That was shown once again uh, with another of their opponents in Liberty, a team that we obviously know, um, that just uh, spanked them, right? What, 40 to 7, I think it well, was. Yeah, you, you know what was interesting about that Liberty game against ULM? Is that they had three touchdowns on, I think it was special teams. Yeah. Right? So they only yeah, the had like nine. They only had like 19 offensive points. So. I mean, yeah, Liberty spanked them, but at the same time, they only scored 19 offensive points against ULM. I, I mean, I, sure. I guess if I'm going to look for positives when I'm comparing our team against other teams, you can make that playing. argument against us. We had the block punt for the touchdown. Yeah, well, we had the two but block we, scored, the we had we had 28 offensive points, though, Matt. Right. I mean, so I mean, I think I know that people can look at that game and, and get, I think pessimistic or negative and say man liberty like like as you were saying and they did score wise 40 to 7 that's it that's a blowout that's what we wish the score was however they came we'd have wished that was the score mm-hmm. and not having to survive a, a tackle and a lunge at the goal line at the, right. at the last second um but if you want to i think draw pauses out of it you can say well you know what we actually scored four offensive touchdowns compared to liberty only getting 19 offensive points so i mean I guess you can you can find your positives where you want to look at them and find your negatives when you want to look at it that way. Um, but I think, and th- th- in, in you were getting to this point before I rudely interrupted you, is that I don't think we really know what we're going to get in this game, right? Like, like we had the potential to, to beating this team just like we did for two and a half quarters against ULM and, and, and blowing them out and owning the football game. Or we can look like what we did in the last quarter and a half and that's the cardiac the level, Eagles right over yeah, yeah. And, and yeah play to the level of competition be a tight ball game come down to whoever has the ball last and hope somebody makes a bleeping play yeah. um you know so I mean, obviously what we're both yeah. looking for is, is, is what we talked about with ULM we, we want yeah. we want to see and hopefully you know Again, yeah, short notice game. Uh, you know, you it's it's you know nine days to prepare. But I mean, again, obviously no one had this on their radar. Um, so that's that's unique for both teams. I guess it probably works a little bit in our favor because it's an even playing field. It's their first game, right? So you got to think like they're going to be working on things. They're going to have some some kinks to work out. And unlike most week ones, you know, for them, uh, they didn't have 
a whole off season to prepare for us or True. several weeks True. to prepare for us. So I think that bodes in our favor. Um, and it's a home game for us. So we yep. historically play better at home under Lunsford. Um, we normally don't come out as flat. We normally don't have like the lapses, uh, you know, in second half and stuff always um, as consistently, but with, so, so yeah, I, I'm basically looking for the same things. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but what we didn't see against ULM and why we were both so frustrated after that game, we want to see in this still one. Still frustrated. We, this this is an opponent we should bury. We should get up early. We should get up often, and we should keep it that way, period. Like, that's, that's what we want. Yeah, We should, but I'll, I'll be honest with you. If we do that, I'm not going to feel I'm not going to feel any better after this game if we do that. Correct. I, if that I, makes I, sense, like, like it does. Like, like if we beat UMass fifty to nothing or sixty three to ten, I'm not gonna be like, oh man, I feel super confident We're going back to the coastal. And, yeah, right. I'm not. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna be like a, a Texas fan and be like, Texas back, hook them. Right. No, I like. I'm not. I'm just not. I'm gonna be like. I'm still scared. Coastal is gonna stomp the. You well, know, you have heck to read, out of us. In, in that case, just like you were playing an FCS team, I'm not trying to demean UMass, but let's be honest, you know, and, and same with ULM. I mean, these there are FCS teams that are we way better than these two teams. two of the worst college football teams to have played this season. Correct. And that's saying a lot, and we have beat them by a combined score. Yeah, I playing think, this season, points. like including some FCS teams. North Dakota State played. Uh, Central North Arkansas State has played. Beaten us. Jacksonville Central State Arkansas has played. would have right. beaten us. Correct. Well, no, I I'm, I agree with that. I'm not, yeah. and I'm not trying to, to say that to be mean or to try to downgrade. I'm just saying that based on what we've seen so far and how our team plays to the level of the competition, if we had to play those two teams, those two teams have a, a winning history enough to to for me to say I don't think we could have beat them. Correct. Not the way that we played the if, first three games. Right. If we played it the same way and you just replaced the opponent, I agree. I agree. And I think it's safe to say those teams beat. The teams that we beat, I, you know, they they oh, beat exactly. They yeah, beat Campbell. Yeah, yeah. They beat ULM, and, and that's what's interesting about it, right? Again, uh, certainly not taking anything away from Binko. Interesting I mean, is one way to put about it. I think I would say more frustrating. Well, it's 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 frustrating. We'll see what happens with this week. Hopefully, our but but that's the thing, right? It's like our nerves aren't going to be eased. Like our no, our, no, like, like, no, like and th- I think that's what we want to come across with, right? Like like regardless. You know, if we beat them by 50, if we beat them by five, I'm still going to be nervous about the rest of the schedule. Yeah. We're not saying it's a lose-lose. I mean, it's still a win. If we get it, it's still a win. It's a win against the FBS opponent, right? It might be the worst team in the country or second to the worst team in the yeah. country. Yeah. But it's but it's a, it's a FBS still opponent. Still a win. And who knows what's going to happen with the bowl games this year. And obviously, six, you know, probably not going to have the six-game qualifier that you normally do because most teams aren't playing 12 games like we have scheduled right now. So, it, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, again, you, you book it because you feel confident about it. If that's the case, it's a win. That's great. Let's make sure it's a – I hope what I'm looking for is that it's a convincing win. And, and I can kind of breathe easy in the, in the fourth quarter or even in the second half. And that obviously hasn't been the case all season. Um, that's what I'm looking for. But like you said, I agree if it's a blowout. And that's not to say that it's a lose-lose. That's not to say that, like, well, why did we even bother booking this game? But, yeah, it doesn't ease my fears. It doesn't ease my concerns moving forward, no matter kind of what happens. No, it, it does. I think, and, I think and, what you have to you do is read between point, the lines. Why'd... Yeah, why? Like you, you just brought up a good point. Before we move on, why do you book this game? And I think a big reason as to why you book this game is is one, as you've already mentioned, because you feel confident enough in getting a victory out of it. Well, why is that important? Well, we already know that bowl games this season 
are not going to be contingent on getting to six wins, right? so to say. So if we can get an extra victory, let's just say we do, make it three wins, you never know. We hope we play the rest of the, of the remaining games on the schedule, but it's not a guarantee. We don't know if we're going to play FAU. Right. We don't know if other games in, in our conference schedule is going to have to be rescheduled Army, or canceled or how that's going to work. Yeah. Or Army, exactly. We may have to call and say, hey, Army, we can't make it. we got to reschedule X, whoever opponent for that week for right. the Sun Belt. So, you know, you, you go ahead and you try to get as many victories as you can. So in in the 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 offset that you have to cancel a game or that you have to limit your schedule to 11 or 10 games, then you have that extra victory so that hopefully we can get selected to a bowl game. And we know about the money that comes in from a bowl game, even if it's the Camilla Bowl or the Mobile Bowl or whatever little small bowl that we get to or able to get invited to. Right. It's stacking that's the why deck. you do it. It's, it's hedging exactly. your back, stacking the deck. Exactly, and 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 that's fine. And I'm I'm good with that strategy. And and again, uh, credit to, to Bingo for for, for going with it. And and this team, you know, and UMass was hungry. To uh, again, it seems like they are open to play anybody. And why not if you're them? Um. So so yeah. I mean, well, I, it's I think one of those things in which we need a victory. They need an opponent. Right. Hell, let's do it. It's a win-win. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a win, it's a win-win yep. in that in that case. Obviously, it, it could it blows up in our face if if we lose it. But you know, to it I think that, I think the biggest thing is that three weeks off. You know, and and we've we kind of talked about it in the last episode of you know nothing was finalized with that. But if if it happened, we both you know expected it to. That you yeah. know, if, if that game gets postponed and we've got, we're staring at three weeks, we didn't suspect that we'd schedule anybody. So we're like, is is that a good or a bad thing? You got three weeks to prepare for what. We feel like, and we'll know, you know, we're recording this on Tuesday, so before the Louisiana Coastal game, so we'll see what happens with that. But who we feel like is is maybe the best team in the conference. I think you're you're kind of on the side that they are. Um, I yeah. I'm certainly looking to see what happens in that game against Louisiana. I'm on I'm on the the boat that I think Louisiana is is a really good team. Um, I know you're a little bit more you know you're kind of more I, on the skeptical I am, side. I think. I am, and the only reason why I am is because you look at Coastal, they beat a better Sun Belt team than what Louisiana has played, right? Louisiana's two games have been against Georgia State and us. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that Arkansas State is not as good as what we think they are. But Blake Anderson always has his teams ready. They've always been really competitive, and they've always been pretty good. Yeah. No. Louisiana has, has squeaked by with an overtime loss or overtime win against Georgia State. And a last second field goal against us, and we're not really even confident about us. Correct. Yeah, so, their their body of work isn't as impressive, but I've I've looked at like yeah. how they, I don't know. I I just, I just look at how talented that team is, and then like glimpses here and there, and and again, I I get I guess with my mindset that it makes sense to parallel with like to look at it with our schedule too, right? Because you could say the same. Like we're two and one. We we easily could be zero and three, or we could be three and zero, right? that that's that's just the, the case and you can look at opponents and be like we play down to our opponents we you know but we're still two and one you're saying the same thing against louisiana so i guess i guess i'm kind of more on the optimistic side there where i'm looking like i still think louisiana is a big uh, a really good team if not the best team in the sun belt i understand their body of work to this point isn't that yeah. impressive it's obviously impressive enough to get a, a 21st ranking um, but you know it's we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens i, I mean, think they, if we were recording they, I mean, this after the credit. game against coastal i think that game's going to be really telling of, of what happens yeah that's not me yeah. saying and that i think louisiana is going to win i have no idea but you know it's I, I i think it will be a competitive game now if coastal goes in and blows them out 
obviously my tune will change, but, but I, I, I think it's safe to say those are two of the best teams in the conference. Um, and, and not, yeah, not to get way off base here. So with the three weeks off getting into coastal, you know, you can look at it at two ways, right? Is, is you, you, you have three weeks off, which is again, unheard of in the world of college football after starting the season, is that good to prepare for what could be the best team in the conference and, and have three weeks just to watch as much tape, get as much practice, uh, you know, shadow them, do you know, uh, um, duplicate what they're doing with the scout team, all this kind of stuff for three weeks and, and not play a, a live game or get this live game in against, you know, a, a much lesser, weaker opponent and work some kinks out, some you know, kinks. whatever. There's yeah. A lot of kinks, a lot of kinks, but, but yeah, <laughs> you, you have to worry about injuries. Obviously you have to worry about suspensions. Yeah. You have to worry about COVID right of, of UMass coming in. Sure. They say they're doing everything the right way. No one knows. Right. <laughs> so like, who knows what they could be bringing in? Who knows just with the interactions of, of what could happen, you know, with staff and personnel and coaches and fans and, and whatnot, you know, it's, it's, it's so yeah, it, it leads you susceptible to that as well. So, there are risks involved with this game. Obviously, the biggest risk I think would be losing to UMass. Um, but you well, know, I, well, injuries. And I stuff, would say honestly, I would say the biggest risk is injuries over yeah. losing. Yeah. Um. I mean, because I mean, and honestly, that's the game of football. That that's always an I mean, inherent. Risk. I don't. I don't want to but, be mean here, but it depends on who. But yeah, I mean, it, well, obviously, we don't I, want yeah, anyone yeah, yeah, injured. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, it depends on who. Yeah. But I, I think the biggest thing is injury. Um. But at the same time, if you go three weeks without playing, then you risk injury in coastal, right? Because there's there is something to having to, to play games on a consistent basis yes. and, and getting your body in that shape and Correct. taking that that brutality that is college. Because you're starting the season so, over with three weeks yeah, off. Exactly. You're essentially starting the season yeah. over. We saw that, you know, when you look at FAU and how bad they looked, you know, in their first game back. You know, their, well, that was their first game. But you've seen. Well, these, you and I talked about that. Yeah, about yeah. how bad that that first half, first three quarters yeah. looked. And you've for seen both this teams. across the country with with several of these teams that have had two, three weeks off, you know, way against the norm, and they come out and they look like they're playing the first game of the season because essentially mm-hmm. they are. They're to their bodies. They are because it doesn't matter how much you replicate in practice, it it doesn't equal Nothing's that of a live game. It just doesn't. Game. Yeah. So yep. so so that's basically what you weigh. Again, all this stuff was talked about between Lunsford and Manco. And it was decided to carry forth with the game. So I guess the question is, Cody. I mean, I'm fine with it. You know, what are are you good with scheduling this game, not knowing obviously what's going to happen? Um, but just yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Side? I'm yeah. fine with yeah. I'm fine with scheduling the game. The way that I look at it is that it is a opponent that we should beat, that we should handle. It is an opponent that we can, I think, maybe even practice and, and kind of get help us prepare for coastal in a sense as far as making sure that our young secondary can can get more game reps um because trust me when we play coastal they are very good with throwing the ball even if they don't do it as much as other teams do um so any practice for them to ensure that they get better is great um so i i don't i don't think i don't see a negative in scheduling them um the way that we did um, or putting them on the schedule the week before coastal, I I, I certainly don't. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's I think it's very beneficial to this football team, um, with everything that we've talked so about you, so you far. Think, let Let me elaborate on that question. You think it prepares us for coastal better? I think it helps our secondary get more game reps, which is what they desperately need. Okay. Yeah, because I, I think I that's the biggest. I, I, I think that's the biggest question is 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 playing this game helping or hurting our chances against coastal. You know, that's that's what I, I, think, I think that's the key I, All right, so in terms of actually 
Coastal themselves? Is it like the same offense that Coastal runs or the same defense? No. I, I have no idea. I don't think it is. It's not, it's not gonna help. I don't think it's gonna help us in game prep for Coastal, no. But if you're asking me, does it help our secondary get just game reps in general and help them with maybe their communication or knowing the playbook or knowing plays or knowing where they're supposed to be to where they don't look like Swiss cheese out there and that they're practicing social distancing with receivers? <laughs> yes, I think that helps in that sense. So so you're willing to sacrifice not having the extra weeks that you normally wouldn't get to, to watch more tape and prepare and practice that. And, yes. And yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Because what you don't want to happen is us. You know, now we have. You know, we had a week to prepare, um, essentially for UMass. Obviously, you can't overlook them and just look too coastal, or you're going to get beat, right? So don't don't yeah, exactly. schedule a trap game for yourself. So yeah, you know, which it, I don't think that's we did. that's my concern. Is like obviously coastal is is there. It's lingering there. It's been yeah, lingering. It's not there like since we scheduled Oklahoma to go out there and be like, hey, we're going to take our whooping from Oklahoma that's not going to help us you know that's not going to give that's not going to build confidence for our secondary I think this is a game that can build confidence for the young secondary build confidence for the defense which I think is desperately needed at this point Mm -hmm. to get them in the correct mindset and positive mindset to go up against a very very tough coastal team that you're going to have to be very disciplined when you play them because they do run variations of the triple option they do run variations of a double option in RPO offense and if you're not prepared, or if you don't know your assignments, or you don't know where you're supposed to be, or you don't have good um, eyes in terms of where you need to be focused at, or good discipline just in general, you're going to get beat. Look at Kansas. Kansas is a terrible football team. I don't care if they're in the Big 12 or not. Kansas is a terrible football team. I don't care if Les Miles is their coach or whatever, or whatever Les Miles did at LSU, doesn't matter. Kansas is a terrible football team. Yeah. Coastal no. oh, yeah. put 28 points on them before they knew that they were playing a football game. I agree. Coastal took on Arkansas State. Oh yeah, and you can them. say Arkansas. Yeah. You can say Arkansas State. Whatever you want. You know they get good. They get good athletes. They get obviously they get two good quarterbacks. Yep. It's what everybody's talking about. It's the big thing at Arkansas State. Uh, you look at Adams, who's their receiver, who lit us up last year. It's a big reason why they won the game last year. Um, who was a big reason why they beat Kansas State this year? They shut Arkansas State down defensively and I mean they only held they held on to what 23 points they put 50 points up on them from their offense so they scored against a, a very athletic defense in this league that you, you don't see many teams score 50 points on Arkansas State you just don't yeah no I agree, I agree. this team is gonna be this is this is gonna be probably one of the toughest teams if not the toughest team we play all season in terms of their skill set their coach you their coach is very good and their players, their athletes, they got a great offensive line. They got a great running back. Their redshirt freshman quarterback, who does not seem to know that he's a freshman quarterback, has been playing lights out. That team isn't using that freshman, that young, that young excuse, inexperienced excuse, for their quarterback position. I would like to see our defense step up, and I would like to see our defense no longer use that excuse that oh, it's a, it's an inexperienced secondary. It's a young secondary. Let's start making plays. Yeah. Let's start let's start building confidence here and let's start actually making plays and actually being where we're supposed to be at. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I guess from here, uh, you know, 
where, where do you want the conversation to turn? I mean, we've talked, <laughs> we've talked about the opponent. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think really the only thing is, 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 I mean, this season so far, three games in, and everything that's gone on with cancellations, postponement. Well, I guess it's not really cancellations. This is more postponement. Postponement. Than, than, yeah, it's been mentally draining. I feel. I feel like we've played three it seasons. Has. You know, just yeah, just with everything that's gone on, I, I'm I'm sure the coaching staff feels that way. Players probably feel that way. Certainly, certainly, uh, Binko probably feels that way, right? I mean, it's it's just it's it's exhausting when thinking about it. it and, is. and then you look and you say, oh, we're two and one. We've only played three games. You know, so <laughs> so it's 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 just every week is something. And I think I think more than any other season, you know, this is the one where you just have to kind of take a step back. And truly, as much as I hate like the cliches, is take it one week at a time, right? You just have to. I mean, certainly. I mean, look at this week; it's a game that wasn't scheduled, and then and then gets it put is. on. So you literally have to take it one week at a time, and can't look forward to coastal or can't expect to play anybody. You basically just have to show up on Saturday and be like, "This is who we we're playing." Yeah, and you know, so I, it's 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 going to be interesting. I hope we can. I hope we can ride the ship. I hope we can See, again do do there, do the do right? the there, things. There's yeah. a lot of like I hope we can ride the ship. I hope that we can get things back on track. You know, like I I don't. I guess as a fan, I don't like our program to be in a situation in which we're hoping to ride the ship. We're hoping to get things back on track. We hope that we can dominate a bad team. You know, right. like and and that's what I think is the most frustrating part about this whole entire season is that. We should have dominated Campbell. We should have dominated ULM. I don't mind really the ULM game. I just wish we would have finished a couple of drives. Right. I wish offensively we would have finished the first drive. I wish defensively yeah, we would have finished the, the last fine. drive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we've talked about how the defense can't finish or can't get opponents off the field in the final two minutes of the first half or the second half, and it's cost us, gosh, like three, four, five games already, going back to last season. You know, I, I. I just wish that from a coaching standpoint that we can get the coaching staff team mentality to a point that we never settle for whatever the lead is on this board until the game is over, right? Like, it seemed like once when we get up 35 to, what was it, 17, that it was like, all right, everybody checked out. We're on the we're on the bus back to the, to the airport. Like, you can't be that way. You can't think that the opponent has quit at that point. You look at that scoreboard and it says 35-17 with five minutes left in the third quarter. You think to yourself, "I want, I want two more touchdowns. Yeah, I want, I want, I want two more three and outs." I mean, if I'm a defense, I'm like, "Man, I want three and out this team the rest. Of the- I want to make them quit. I want to make them, I want to make them fear Georgia Southern the next two, three years that they have to play us. I don't want to give them hope. I don't want to give them confidence. You look at our." fantastic teams back in the 80s under Irk Russell, under PJ in the late 90s, early 2000s, under Munkin when he was here. They made teams quit and not want to play us. They yeah, made teams you had, quit and fear us. You had, you had, I don't think, I mean, even, I don't think even there's when a we team in college, this conference. I mean, you, had, you had some games where, like in 2005, right? And, and we know how that season ended, you know, in the playoffs first yeah. round. But in 2005, you had, you know, our freshman year, we come in, sit on the hill, whatnot. People are leaving at halftime. Everybody's leaving at halftime. You know, and, and yeah. because because we're beating Stephen F. Austin 53, 67 to 2 or whatever, you know, like. Whatever it is. Yeah. 
But I don't think anybody fears this team. No. Like, you have to they earn have that respect. We, we gave you ULM confidence. We gave uh, Campbell yeah. confidence. You look at their other games that they played, and I've watched, you know, since we played Campbell, since we played ULM, and, and even, you know, I watched the UTEP game against ULM, so even before they played us, to see, like, how they were playing opponents. And against Campbell, you know, they looked lost. They looked like they had no confidence at all that they could beat that team. To us, they had that confidence. They had that swagger late in the game, and they dang near did it. They did dang near pull it off, Um, and and it never should have happened. We should not be making teams like UL Monroe and Campbell University look better than they are. And right now we are doing that, and that – that's what's so frustrating. It and doesn't matter that coaching. it's coming away with wins. You know, you're looking at these other things, and it's it's not even just the score. It's just the fact that they're like competing with us. You know, and 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 you know, it's it's uh, that 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 they're going toe and toe, toe to toe. And I think you and I both know. You know, if, if we if we honestly thought we were to the same stature of a ULM or a Campbell or a UMass. We would say it. We would say it, and, yeah. and and I think we both know, you know, don't feel that way, um, and that's no. why it's so frustrating when we see us play. There's too much to offensive talent. There's too much talent on that front seven on defense for us to even consider being on a level of ULM or Campbell or yeah. even or UMass or whatever. I mean. Right. Honestly, now are we App State, we Louisiana, we, Coastal now? Maybe not. That's I don't know. We were, that's what we're well, that's hoping what we for. were hoping. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what we were hoping to come out and prove and show and but say, we hey, haven't the yet. last two we years, yet. Yeah. we had the opportunity to be in the driver's seat and messed it up and failed. And we were hoping this year we were hoping to get in the driver's seat and take control of the car and drive it to the destination of conference champion and and we still have that opportunity that's know, that's the a new, that's the thing here right i mean you're still is, you're two and one you look, control your own destiny it doesn't look that look, way it doesn't look promising it, but it, we're like, hoping that it well yeah. you, we talked about it it looks something in between a tyson summers first three games three and oh sort of feel to a chris hatcher season sort of feel that you don't really know where you stand and you don't know if this team is playing up and down to this competition or if we just really played three terrible teams and, you know, we're about to play a, a, a fourth terrible team and, you know, we're, we're just really a little bit better than those terrible teams. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and that Louisiana was just, you know, COVID struck in that they were, you know, did the best they could with their second and third string defensive line. I This is the thing that 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 frightens me about this team. And this is the thing I wish – I, that's what I hate hearing about when I hear some of these excuses come out that, oh, it's a young secondary. I'm tired of it. There's other the teams have young teams. Yeah, we're not, had, we, we, we know, we we're not the only ones. We know. We knew. We knew when Vildor and Brinson were going to graduate. We knew when, you know, that the, the safeties needed to be rebuilt. We've had at least two years to recruit. At least, and, you know, the thing, the thing too, yes, that I mean, that, if you're going to red shirt, the thing too is everyone's dealing with COVID. Like the, we should be ready for this, right? The 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 thing too, on top of that, I agree with you. On top of that is everyone's dealing with COVID. So you have you know players sent out, you have players inactive for whatever reason, COVID related or not. And so like 
last year we talked, you know, agnosium about, you know, it's a year of adversity and dealing with all the injuries. And we certainly had more than, than most programs, if not more than any program, right, of just everything we dealt with um, on and off Which the I field. Which I thought was going to benefit Correct. us. But now you looked uh, this year and everyone's kind of dealing with some of the same things. Yes, there's been some teams that have had, you know, the, the short end of the stick uh, more often than not, uh, you know, compared to other programs. But for the most part, it's kind of even playing. Everyone's dealing with this. So to, to have, you know, everyone has turnover. Obviously, players graduate, players go to the draft, whatever, um, and then you deal with injuries and you deal with COVID stuff in, two, in 2020. Um, well, so it's, it's, fr- at, it's frustrating when people you are see. Gonna, yeah. People are going to hate this example that I'm going to use, but we've already used the, the coastal example of the redshirt freshman. Look just in Athens at their example, their quarterback position. right? You had the transfer from, well, I think, what was it, from Wake Forest that was supposed to come in. He was supposed to be great, whatever. He, he opts out, right? You have the other guy that gets injured. Now you're down to Bennett, who is like a walk-on slash like fourth-string guy who is never supposed to see the light of day. And what does he do? Yep. He goes out and performs. You know, I this is why I don't think that it's the players necessarily that we have because I think we have the athletic talent to succeed in – I, this is where I, I'm going to put it squarely on the sh- shoulders of, of the coaching staff that they have not accurately or, or, or prepared them to be on the football field. Yeah, And I don't know if because they babied them. I don't know if it's because they didn't think that they would be on there. But with this season, regardless of if you're a first-string scholarship guy that everybody thinks that you're the man – or if you're the fifth-string guy that's the walk-on that has no scholarship that nobody even pays attention to you outside of maybe the water guy when he or water person when, when it's time to take a water break. You've got to prepare everybody like they're going to be on the field. Yeah. And I don't feel like our secondary has been prepared enough to be on the field. Front seven seems to be pretty good outside of maybe keeping the quarterback contained. Right. Hopefully they've worked on that. Hopefully they've worked on that well, it because goes, it goes back there's, to there's no excuse to yeah. not to keep comport, quarterback containment in regards to that it goes back to coaching but and scheme to use you your strengths I mean, to help yes. balance out your weaknesses and yes. with if you have an inept secondary if it's a talent issue if it's just that they're young and inexperienced and don't understand the coverages or, or whatever you a you I, simply I just don't think I, I, I agree that's a, that's a mental thing I agree, that's a, I, agree. And I don't think but they're dumb sim- players si- by no, no means but you can simplify it and stuff but my point is is you use the strength of your front seven to add more blitzes in to add more you know switching up coverages and stuff uh, or 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 you or you change the scheme where you back some of your linebackers up and and, and put them in the yeah. coverage to help your corners out that kind of stuff so that's what we're talking about is like use your strengths to help make up for some of those weaknesses that you have and if secondary truly is a weakness it falls on coaching to to, to use it your does. front seven, use your talented uh, you know uh, linebackers to go out there and, I can and help tell you guys you, out I can tell you what UMass's offensive game plan is going to be. It's going to be the sling the ball around. Cause I yeah, it's going to be like ULM. Seen, it's going to throw the ball 50 yeah. times and see, you know, if, if it drops, they, it drops. They've yeah. seen, they saw, they saw the confusion between the corners, just like you and I saw during the game and on the, on the replays that we've watched on YouTube. You can see the corners not know where they're supposed to be at. Right. You can see the confusion in coverages. You can see us playing 10, 15 yards back and not knowing down in distance and having easy catches and, and pitches from quarterback to receivers. 
all that is coaching. Yep. All that is coaching. Yep. So, again, I mean, I know that we've kind of taken a tangent off to defensive coaching, but my goodness, like secondary cornerbacks, defensive play calling, that has to be seriously looked at as a whole, and not just with Sloan, and not to, and not just an internal, but I hope, I hope, Lunsford, Sloan, all the defensive coaches have all got together in a room and powwowed and said, all right, what can we do to make this better? And I hope all the egos were checked at the door and said, what do we need to do to make this better? Because that's what needs to happen. If we don't, we're going to get blown out a lot in this season. Yeah. And I don't say that lightly. I'm telling you right now, Coastal's going to blow us out. Georgia State's going to blow us out. App is going to blow us out. Texas State may even blow us out yeah. if we don't fix this defense. I mean, South Alabama's can, you know, they're, they're putting on points. I, South Alabama can beat us if we don't fix this defense. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, they have a talented quarterback and a talented receiver. And and that coach, Steve Campbell down there, he's not sitting there trying to just cash paychecks to a retirement. He's trying to win. Right. And he had Tulane on the ropes. He beat a South Mississippi team. We know the history there. You know, look, I, I, I get it. I, 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 I do. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm just frustrated. Get, I'm just get, really, really I'm, frustrated I'm hope, because hoping, this team should be a lot better than what they've showed the first three weeks. And I think the thing to keep in mind is, is that it's been three weeks. I, once, you know, the more weeks that happen and as it continues and if we keep seeing the same things, you know, I'm kind of giving everybody the benefit of the doubt. Again, we get a home game. And I hope to see the the you know everything that we wanted to see our wish list for ULM in this game. If if that happens, again, does that right all the wrongs and does that make me that much more confident going into Coastal and into the rest of the season? No. And and I, I said earlier and didn't really elaborate on it, but I said read between the lines. That's what I think. That's what you need to do. Let's say we win fifty to ten, right, or or, or sixty five to seventeen or whatever, right, and you have to look beyond the score in a game like this. And even, even if, if, if the 35, 17 score held against ULM, same thing, right? Yeah. I think, I think you, you need to take a step back and read between the lines and look at, okay, how did we get there? Like you said, with Liberty, well, three of their touchdowns came, right? That kind of stuff. You need to yeah. look at that and, and look at individual uh, position groups. How did they fare in, in, in one-on-one matchups? How did, you know, how did the pass rush look? How did, you know, the, the dive play look? How did our offensive line hold up? It's not necessarily that, you know, we scored four more touchdowns than them or whatever. Yeah. I, Cause again, we want to come away with a win no matter what, but even if it's a convincing win, I think in a game like this, it's more important to, to take a step back, read between the lines. And that's the kind of stuff that if it goes through, if it trends in the right direction, will add more confidence to me moving forward than just a 50 to 10 score would. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. I don't, I mean, <sighs> For me personally, as as I think I'm on, you and I discussed this before we get on the phone call that you and I have both kind of seesaw between being negative and being positive about the season yeah. from what we've seen so far, and I'm on the on the negative part of the seesaw. And I'm a little bit more um, optimistic. That, that can change. I mean, that that, that can change yeah, within and, and the first five change. minutes of the game and, on Saturday, right? Yeah, it most certainly can. Um, and I'll be frank, I'm I'm more on the negative end. I, I even if we look good on all aspects of the football field. I still don't have a, a, a 
I still don't have a positive outlook when I look at the rest of the season because of how we fared so far in the first three games. I, I It gets back to, I think, what I said earlier in one of the earlier podcasts, that I need to see consistency. Yeah. Right now, we just, but right consistency, now, consistency starts with UMass. That's I think that's how I'm coming at it. It's like, look, okay. what's in the past is in the past. You know, like go out there, shut Cody up, right? <laughs> Prove him wrong. Yeah. Do what do what we're asking to do, and and if 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 you can if you can be dominant and close people out, get a lead early, hold that lead, do some of these things, have better looking coverage, um, establish yourself, get the ball more to to your playmakers, do some of these things that we're asking. And, 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 and frankly, if you can do that, I don't really care what the final score is to the degree of like, I, if, if you could do all those things and win by 20 or win by even like 15, I'd be more happy with that than winning by 60 and looking back and being like that, that Savannah state game, right. That we won under summers and be like, well, yeah, we, we dominated this game, but there were so many things that went wrong. Right. Like it was bad penalties and just bonehead bonehead penalties and, and too many players on the field or illegal formations, this sort of stuff. Right. That's I've what I, that's what I, a fan base to be so mad about a 50 point blowout. Win. <laughs> I know, I know. Right. And, and I, I know, I know that's going to be the criticism of us. Right. But, but honestly, that's how I'm looking at it. It's like, look, I don't want a yeah. close game. I don't want to be chewing my fingernails in the fourth quarter. I don't want to have, you know, to, to go get a triple bypass. Well, see, see, I, 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 yeah. I like, like, I, I, I get all that, but you know what? I don't know. Know if if that happens, is will our coaching staff be smart enough and able enough to recognize that our best running back needs to be on the field on the last drive of the football game, right? And not play daddy football and not play well. Everybody needs to get a chance to go out on the field because that's what it seems like. Yeah, so I guess I guess and, address- and people may take and they may they, they may take offense of that and say, well, you know, there's a rotation we need right. we got to do that. That's fine. Rotation's great for the first half. First three quarters, but when it's fourth quarter crunch time, my offense needs to get three first downs to secure the victory. So to address that I real quick, my, I want my best. That came from the coaches' show. Yeah, obviously you're on the field. You're referring to what happened against ULM. Final drive. We have the three and out. We run the ball three times. Uh, Logan Wright and uh, LaRoche are on the field. Not Wesley Kennedy and J.D. King. Um, I think most people will agree, like you're not taking away anything from those other kids, but they're your two biggest playmakers, two of your biggest playmakers on offense, especially on on the running back front. They have to be on the field. We talked about that in the last episode, and then in the coaches' show, that question was asked, and the answer, I I admittedly did not, I have not watched the coaches' show yet. Cody saw it, he was telling me about it, he's not happy with the answer, but you know, that's that's where this is coming from, just to give background. I'm, yeah, I'm not happy with the answer. I'm not happy with the answer that it's a rotation, and that if I heard it correctly, that JD King and and and, Field, and 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 Kennedy were supposed to be on on the next series if they get the first down. I just I just don't that that is not a satisfactory answer. Yeah, it's just I I and and I you could say that I'm wrong or whatever. I don't care. I don't think you're wrong. I, no, just, I mean again, I I I, I just I didn't don't hear think the that's answer. I'm, I'm hearing it. Answer. I'm hearing it through your filter of, of what I, I believe. I mean, I believe you, but like you're 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 telling me what was said, and to me, it sounds like typical coach speak, which we've heard from Lunchford before. We've heard, certainly heard, 
and previous coaches and whatnot and coaches across the country. So I mean, coach speak is a thing to me. It just kind of seems like a, a BS answer. I, I wonder if there's something more there. If, you know, if, if something that for whatever reason, we're not being told of why that was, because to me, that just seems like a cop out answer to say, Oh, it's a, it's a rotation thing. Because again, yes, as, as coaches, you know who your best players are and you know that you want to have your best players on the field in your most critical moments. That was one of the most critical moments of that game where ULM was gaining confidence. They were clawing back and we needed a first down to close them out and we weren't able to do it. And not only were we not able to do it, a big reason why is because we didn't have our two biggest playmakers on the field. So obviously people are going to question it. And yeah, that answer to me is, is not it was Acceptable. not a satisfactory yeah. answer from what from what I heard in the coaches show. Now, maybe I would maybe I misheard it. I don't know. I, I but you have to have them on the field. Yeah. Right. Like you have to have them. On I'm the hoping field. there's something deeper there that you don't want to reveal. There's an injury. There's something that happened. Right. That 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 warrants. Well, I don't want to hope warrant. there's an injury. I mean, I yes, obviously. I mean, I, I don't want you know I don't want anyone to be injured. But you know what I yeah. mean. Like if if there's something there that was preventing them from being out there that maybe they're the, healed the, now or whatever. Out, no, probably not. So. Probably that's, not. Yeah. I, I hear you, but uh, I'm, that's why, yeah. that's why I think it's, it's, it's that he's right. That it's a rotation, but you know, you look at when we had up Sean Ellison, right? You know, we understood that the third series of the first half, the third series, of the second half Upshaw was going to be in the football game. We, we understood that that was no, no question that's how it was going to be. I don't mind if you want to take every third series in the first, second, and third quarters and put in Logan Wright and, and Matt LaRoche. That's fine. That's perfectly understandable. They are they are explosive running backs. They have the skills. They have the talent. They have the athletic ability. But when you have a running back that has gotten nearly 200 yards and is six yards away from 200 yards in a game – and you have an explosive playmaker like Wesley Kennedy, who every defense is, has been preparing for the entire week when they play us, and they make sure they probably have you know two to three sets of eyes on that one player the entire time. They need to be in that game on the final drive, final offensive possession that we have. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, that, I, I don't think I don't think anyone's going to disagree with my, that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where I'm coming from on that. And that's why, great, we we can blow them out. But how do I know that when we're playing Coastal and it's just say it's a, it's a single possession game and we're down by three or we're up by three in the fourth quarter, how do I not know that if J.D. King's been running wide open on Coastal the whole game and he's at 150 yards on 17 carries, how do, how, what confidence do I have that Coach Lunchford and DeBest is going to put King out there in that final possession and not do what they just did against the ULM? I don't have that confidence going in. Yeah, that's fair. And and look, and this isn't just picking on King and, and LaRoche and Wright. I mean, this goes, flip it around. Let's just say Logan Wright has like 10 carries for 150 yards. Same thing. If he's the hot hand, you put him in on the last drive. Yeah, uh, of course. I agree with that. Yeah, it's it's not it's not just who has been your best player to, you know, leading up to that game. It's who's the hot hand. Who's the hot hand in that game? Just like when we, yeah, when exactly. we talked about before, we talked about the analogy to, to basketball. You look at Jimmy Butler and what happened with the Heat. 
the, I mean, I think it was clear that the only way the Heat was going to stand chance in that series against the Lakers was Jimmy Butler to go off. And, you know, in, in what, game five, I think it was, that, you know, is, is when he went off. And, and, and he, he, Well, he went off, yeah, game four and game, ga- yeah, game, four game, and game five. Game four and game five. The, yeah. the one, yeah, he played, uh, like, everything but, like, three minutes, I think, of the game or something, or, like, two and a half minutes. Thing. So, like, that, they know, they knew that they couldn't, I mean, they ran him ragged, but they knew that he was their best chance to win. Same thing. I mean, you know, when, when or you, same thing with the Braves in their catching situation. Yeah, Flowers, Flowers. He's a he's a fine professional baseball player, but I do not want to see him in the game against the Dodgers at all during the series. Yeah, Travis Darno better be up there catching every ball at every at bat. He better be the guy out there playing. Right. You know, you go with you go with your hot hand. You go with with who's who's playing the best. And it's not nothing against any of the individual players themselves, but when you have a player that's performed that well, I want them in at the end of the game. The fact that it's doubled Whether up, I think, makes King. it worse too, right? The the fact yeah. the fact that it was the two, you know, two of your best players that it wasn't. I, I think I think there would be less criticism here, not just from us, but like just across, you know, from the fan base, right? If Kennedy was on the field and King wasn't, or King was on the field because of the game that he's had, you know, six yards away, like you said, of two hundred yards. I would just say if Kennedy King was on the field, yeah. then I wouldn't have feel bad right. about it. But if the King fact that both the field, of them are off, yeah, yes. So I think I think that compounds yep. it, yep. makes it so much worse. Yeah. So not to end the show on on a negative point, I think Cody Cody's dark <laughs> dark cloud Cody over here um, coming in. Hopefully hopefully that dissipates and then he's he's in a better mood after after what we see on Saturday. I hope that I'm as optimistic, if not more so, than I am right now. I don't know anything I'll else. I'll be more optimistic yeah. if this coast will just wets the bed that will help too again by the time you're listening to this that that game might have already taken place or it might you know uh we might launch it um same same day you know on on wednesday so depending on when you're listening to this we don't know what the outcome of that game right but but that that might make us feel a little bit better if they get crushed by louisiana maybe that makes us feel a little bit better if if you know or if that game's just sloppy all around we don't get crushed by as long as we don't get crushed by (laughs) you so everything is kind of yeah in in up in the air with that, and and we'll gain fresh perspective um, after after the Saturday, you know, after Wednesday's over. But, but to end the show on a positive, we love Jerry Binko. We He's love great. Jerry Binko. Yeah, the, the, sandwiching it back with the with the positive <laughs> there, um, and uh, yeah, thin piece of bread, I guess, at the end. Um, but uh, <laughs> so, so, some positivity there, right at the end. Of, yeah, we we love we love the AD, love the direction that the program's headed under his administration, and we you know, are looking forward to this UMass game. I am. I am. I'm looking forward to this UMass game. I'm glad that we have uh, George Southern football to talk about um, instead of Sarah and a three week bye. Uh, you know, excited, you know, for that game against App State, finally get them on Saturday in December, but that is forever away, as I said. Um, so it's it's nice that we're getting uh, not just another game and then filling that gap, uh, doing that bridge, like I said, but getting a game in Paulson. Um, so let's hope for as, as well, good of a turnout as we can that, get. We play them. We play App in Statesboro in December. Yeah, could you imagine trying to play oh, with no. Boone? In I would have hated December? it. That would been yeah, that would have been yeah. terrible. That that's the only reason why I'm I'm glad that we get them. Yeah, when when we do that is home game. Um, but excited for that game for being a Saturday. But yeah, seven home games, awesome. Looking forward to it. Let's you know ease any concerns that that we have. And again, they booked this for a reason. Let's go out. Let's get the win. Let's correct some things. And let's get ready for Coastal. You know, I, I think I think that's the key. And I'm I'm hoping it happens. And we'll pick it up next time. So, Cody, as always, hail Southern. Hail Southern, Matt.
Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gotatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gotta Talk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gatatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, gotta and hail Southern. Thank <laughs> you.